0: Hey there and welcome. Are you ready to put your digital marketing on steroids? Well, you've come to the right place. This is the impressive digital marketer podcast. Digital marketing runs through our veins. So listen up to get some seriously impressive ideas for your business. Let's do this. Welcome to the Impressive Digital Marketer podcast, episode 26. My name is Chris, and today I'm in the studio with... Nadia. Hi, Nadia.
1: Hi, Chris. How are you today?
0: I'm very well, and you?
1: I'm very excited. Very excited to be covering this topic, which is very close to my heart, so thank you for having me. And what me. is that
0: topic we've dragged you in here to chat about? So
1: you're basically, from what I understand, going to be running this podcast on tapping into the Asian market. Oh, really? That's yes, news to me. Yes, you didn't know? No. <laughs> No, it's um, it's something that's very much close to my heart. Um, being a third culture kid, uh, lucky enough to grow up overseas and coming from a mixed race family, uh, it's just, yeah, something that I really felt like I've experienced in depth. So, yeah, definitely um, something I feel like I can bring something to the table. You sound like <laughs>
0: exactly the person I want to speak to about oh, this. Thanks. Now, the phrase Asian market, I mean, do you mind expanding on that or perhaps complicating it
1: oh well that's the thing if you're a business that's aiming to tap into the asian market you're going to have to completely de- deconstruct everything you know about it because you can't tap into the asian market successfully and what i Wait, mean by that, that oh because if you think about it what what is asia asia not only about um, three
0: billion people
1: oh exactly like, all these people all these the, a multitude of all these countries, you've got people in the Middle East, which is traditionally considered part of the East. So in, you know, Dubai, that's considered the East and whatnot. And then you've got, well, Middle Asia, I suppose. And then you've got um, Southeast Asia, you've got Central Asia, you've got all these countries. So targeting Asia as a whole just isn't going to work.
0: So there's, no, there's really no such thing as the Asian market, capital A, capital yeah, M. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that's a region to region thing. So I always say um, what's going to be popular in Chandigarh is going to be different to what's popular in Chiba, in Japan. So from India to Japan, they're completely different markets. So the first thing you need to consider if you're tapping into the Asian market, is not call it Asia and start looking at the region that you want to target.
0: So with so many different markets, different regions, different cultures, different peoples, mm. how do you get that initial understanding that's so vital even taking that first step, you know, in a new market to, you know, establishing that beachhead?
1: Well, I think one of the main things that you could do that would really benefit you is to get a guide or some sort of mentor who's local to the area and really sort of develop a relationship with them where they show you the ins and outs of the culture as well as the uh, give you business insights into how things are run in that nation or in that specific area I think that's absolutely invaluable. Um, it's it's really very much all about research and trying to immerse yourself in it as much as you can. I
0: mean, I guess it's I guess it's no different to hiring a tour guide if you're going on holiday. I mean, exactly. you want you want the best possible experience of a company of a country if it's whether it's for yourself or your company. Yeah. You know, you you hire a guide. Yeah. So would you think that that guide has to be you know someone also in marketing, or do you or you're just looking for like that, that cultural understanding? Like, I mean, you know. It, it, it's sim- it's similar to what, sort of what we do. Like we provide sort of marketing support and services for our hmm. clients, but they know their business. Yeah. Do you think the uh, like other companies looking to enter Asia need a, sort of a marketing oriented partner, or do you think they need just someone who has a deep understanding of the culture?
1: I think both. Both is extremely important. Of course, if you're there to start business and you want to market, uh, that, that's uh, that's absolutely essential. You'll need a someone who's from there, who's adept in marketing but then at the same time you're running a business there and there's more to business than just sort of selling the product it's about building the right kind of relationships so having that cultural knowledge from uh someone who's on the ground there that really helps because there's this uh I always think back to this example whenever I think of this this topic in particular there's a movie because my mom's from Singapore and there's a movie in Singapore that's like quite a hit called I'm not stupid and basically, there's a scene where uh, the Singaporean company that's celebrating Chinese New Year they get these American advertising executives to come in and provide like a concept for uh, for this Chinese New Year campaign. And they come up with this very sleek and sexy design, but it's all in black. And for anyone who's aware of Chinese culture, it's it's just not a it's not a good luck color. Like red is the color that everyone uses. Everyone showcases that on Chinese New Year. By using black, it's almost like you're inviting death to your business. It's very
0: funereal, isn't it? Oh,
1: yeah. it's just, it, yeah, it's terrible. You just don't wear that. And that, and exactly, at a funeral, you wouldn't wear red. Or like red nail polish is a no-no because it's supposed to be like a celebratory color, red. So yes, definitely um, consider finding someone who's in marketing to help your, mar- if that's what you're after there. But just making sure that you have a really Deep understanding, or as as much as you can, like show that you are making an attempt to understand the culture. That's very important, and I think people in other countries really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and and as the movie says, I'm not stupid. Like <laughs> yeah, people yeah, exactly. know what they're like, know when they're being pandered to, or know when you yeah. know, someone has an improper understanding of their culture.
1: Exactly. Like y- once you see someone's made an attempt. Like my dad's, my dad's American, and so when we visit there. It's, it's very cute when they see, like, my my dad attempting to speak the language or try and understand the culture. They really appreciate that and they don't have anything bad to say. So it's, I, it's I, good. I first had
0: experience <laughs> blundering through Japanese in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's quite it, the experience. It's, it, it's, it's agonizing. <laughs> Just for anyone out there, you know, who's feeling pretty gung-ho about it. I mean, who's thinking like, you know, oh, you know, I don't need a guide. You know, I plan my own tours, never been on a Contiki bus, nothing, anything like that. You know, just, you know, f- fully self-guided, don't need a guide to um, when I'm entering a new market. How different is marketing in Asia compared to Australia or the rest of the West? I mean, like, let's scare some people a little bit. Like, if, yeah. it is, if it's different, let's say how.
1: Yes. Uh <laughs> For example, um, I'm always drawn back to this example of, uh, of Uber trying to branch out into Asia. Now, Uber has a counterpart in Asia called Grab Taxi. They're not related. Well, they are now, but at the time when they'd both started, they weren't connected at all. And um, Uber wasn't doing so well because they failed to realize that uh, Singaporeans prefer not to use card. Like in Australia, it's very normal. Everyone has like their pay pass. They just go in and out. It's fine. Whereas in Singapore at the time, people were more used to paying in cash So there was a bit of sort of uh, hesitance on the part of Singaporeans to start using card or go with Uber because they didn't have that sort of flexibility, whereas Grab Taxi was doing so well because you could just pay these people in cash. And um, yeah, I think just having that sort of vital knowledge in the beginning would have helped them out a lot. I mean, things did end up working out for them. It's fine. There's like a merger now between the two of them. But yeah, just little things like that that can really save you all these these. Little petty issues that you could have um, evaded the whole way through,
0: and that's a relatively big oversight. I mean, mm. how if you're entering a new market, like how people want to pay for things, yeah, is absolutely essential Everything. if you want to be a profitable company. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. If you're after, if that's exactly what you're after, some sort of profit, you just you have to know how to accept it. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, just just to go back to that example of you know me going to Japan, that was exactly the experience I had over there. I mm. think there were maybe three or five places where I actually could use a bank card everywhere else you know I had they just put me at the ATM around the corner yeah
1: yeah exactly and it's it's definitely something that's changing now more and more people are starting to get onto card because it's more convenient but yeah definitely a, a steep learning curve for Uber at the time
0: you know, we, we've sort of ticked off a bunch of different markets You know, here We've discussed Turkey. We've discussed Japan. We've brought up um, a number of other ones. Like, what, with Asia being such a big, diverse, multifaceted sort of well, continent, like, what sort of, where would you start as a businessman? Like, and if you've mm. just begun your business in Australia and you've, you know, reached, you know, a degree of success here yeah. and you're looking to sort of expand overseas and broaden your horizons. Yeah where's your first step, you know, and, and your second and your third.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Not being biased, but Singapore, first up. <laughs> I've,
0: I, I have heard. Huge fan. You know, it's, it's a great first stop. It's for, great. It's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, my understanding is very familiar business customs as yes. well.
1: Yes, most definitely. It was a British colony prior, uh, so English is definitely a language. That, well, it's the main language. I mean, it's a very multicultural place, but everyone speaks English. Everyone has a very strong command of English. So when you go there, it's it's... It's not hard. It's not a stretch. It's uh, the cultural. The customs are quite similar as well. Uh, just a few nuances that you can sort of pick up along the way. So Singapore is. It's great. It's. Uh, it's the doorway to Asia, and um, yeah, it's. It's central. It's in between Australia and Asia. It's a bit of like a doorway. Uh, the next one would probably be PRC. It's, uh, soon to be the world's largest economy. So if you're manufacturing things there, like that's that's where you've got to be. Like they, they're already set up. They're yeah. great.
0: Of course, you mean China. Yeah, PRC being China. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah, so China, that would be probably the second one. Uh, Japan is great too. Japan, big love for uh, Australian produce. So they're always importing stuff all the way from Australia to Japan. They love it. They absolutely hold it all in high regard. Obviously, you've got to be in the
0: market, you know. I mean, like yeah. my, my understanding is over there, you know, like they they market sort of our you know our beef, our produce. Like mm. we would market stuff from, say, Italy or yes, like, or, or yes. Europe. You know, like like Australian beef or Australian yeah, wine. Yeah, definitely.
1: So if you bring that there, you you'll have to keep that in mind as well. But it's yeah, you've already got a good platform in a way because everything's held in such high esteem there from Australia. And I definitely have to mention Korea. Like Korea is, it's booming. There's no signs of slowing down when it comes to Korea. You've got all the startups coming up there. You've got a lot of people going there to manufacture items as well. It's it's also just a very international place as well. Lots of companies have already built there. And yeah, uh, Korea would be the next one to go, South Korea.
0: I mean, that's great. I mean, always people, you know, want to be keeping their eye on sort of what the next best thing mm. is. But I just want to circle back around to China. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, they're a massive trading partner of ours. You know, as you said, soon to be the world's largest economy. How do you, what would you have to do to jump on that that train? I mean, because it's, it's a much steeper sort of cultural learning yeah. curve than, say, Singapore or yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, definitely. What do you think, like, you know, your average sort of Australian businessman could do to prepare himself oh to my gosh. start marketing in China or sort of, a more foreign culture. Yeah. Like, like, what are some general tips you can give?
1: Uh, I think the main hurdle would be the language. I mean, uh, thankfully, a lot of people are picking up Mandarin now. It's de- like definitely very common. So either you learn Mandarin, and if you don't have time to read Mandarin for Dummies in like a month's time or whatnot, it just doesn't seem to be sinking in. I find a lot of my uncles and aunties in Singapore, they also do business in China. Of course, Mandarin is a language that a lot of people in Singapore learn. So partnering with someone who's a bit of like an intermediary, like they could be the perfect answer to um, taking that ne- next step into, uh, into China.
0: Does that mean like sort of trying to find like a local businessman to run your um, your local office or does that mean sort of just trying to find like an... A translator? I mean, like sort of what what level of integration do you think is necessary in like any of these Asian companies Mm. with sort of a local entity?
1: I think it's definitely very important to build a relationship with someone who's on the ground there. I mean, if you're willing to pack up and move over and you speak the language, you still need to understand the culture. And I think you're only going to get that with a mentor, like we mentioned previously, or someone who's a bit of a a guide for you there. So um, I think definitely building relationships with a team in those places who are familiar with the market there, that's that's where you begin. I think that's the, the strongest step you can take.
0: And I mean, of course, you know, you can drill all the way down even from there. I mean, you know, you, know, you can have a great landing in Shanghai, which is, mm. you know, again, another sort of, Highly Westernized part of China,
1: yeah, yeah, but
0: and then bomb completely in Xi'an or you know in the north or something yeah, exactly. like that. So I mean, it's the importance of finding sort of that local talent who you can sort of integrate into your organization. Yeah,
1: it's all about research. Just doing your best to research as much as you possibly can. Is it doesn't hurt. Like it's it's actually just the best way moving forward. I reckon.
0: I mean, like that's it's all well and good. I mean, you know, it's absolutely essential to you know have that kind of guide to the area you're trying to make a mm. splash in what about all those sort of like online-only businesses? You know, what if you're a small one-man band or, you know, a company of like five or ten people, mm. you work 90%, you sell 90% of your product or your services purely through the web. Yep. You know, you you're run an e-commerce platform or something like that. You want to make, take full advantage of everything the web has to offer. You know, you want that sort of borderless sort of transnational yeah. way of doing business. So you don't have the money or the time to sort of be building like an expensive overseas operation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, what do you do do then? Like when, you know, when margins are thin and you're selling at high volume and sort of low price, how do you sort of take advantage of that and, you know, reach overseas effectively?
1: Um, I think it's important, I guess, to start with, Seeking help from professionals. So if you're already like attached, it always comes back to that. Yeah, exactly. If you if you're already attached to a digital marketing agency, that's very good because they'll already know the best means of targeting and whatnot, and how to best make most of all the assets that you know your disposal, and then um, pushing that forward to the the markets in Asia that you or in the regions regions of Asia that you want to reach to. Um, and I guess to sort of supplement that, what would be really helpful is just sort of just engaging with like a cultural consultant, someone who who can help your agency like be better equipped to um to reach those businesses those people
0: and sometimes they're one and the same i mean there are a bunch of of digital agencies out there that have recognized the overwhelming importance that the asian markets play in in the australian economy as a whole yeah and you know they're integrating these kind of cultural experts and sort of cultural guides into their staff you know and they're offering sort of you know, international marketing campaigns, you know, backed by cultural yeah. experts. And yeah, exactly. I think th- that, that's the rocket you need to strap yourself to.
1: Exactly. Yeah, most definitely. If you, if you can just get someone who you're, you trust and who you feel is, has like the right insights, and I think there are plenty of people out there, especially already working in these agencies, they're so international these days, um, you're set. You're definitely, you definitely have a strong foundation to move forward on. So that's probably the best way to go.
0: Thanks for taking time out of your day, Nadia, to come and chat about this. As always, you know, appreciate having an actual cultural consultant come in to show us the ropes.
1: Thank you very much. It was great to be here.
0: If you'd like to learn more about what Impressive does or particularly what Nadia does in sort of this area, Nadia has written a couple of blogs on this, which will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to work with Nadia, you know, we'd love to put you in touch. You know, Give us a call, send us an email and, you know, we'll be happy to put you two in the same room and you can have a good long chat about all there is to marketing in Asia. Yes,
1: looking forward to it.
0: And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Otherwise, we will see you for the next impressive digital marketer podcast.
1: See you guys later. Thank you.